Hello boys, girls and everything in between. Uh, welcome back to the Kevin Clifton Show or welcome to the Kevin Clifton Show if you're a new listener and this is the first episode you're listening to. Um, now I want to say a bit of a uh, sorry for this one being a little bit late because I know I wanted to sort of get an episode out every Monday uh, but it, I've been... It's no excuse really, I don't like making excuses, but um, I've just been extremely busy um, this last week. Um, for those of you who watch the show and are listening to, not listening to this sometime in the future, um, this week me and Annika Rice got eliminated from Strictly Come Dancing and um, we were just working solidly. Obviously Annika um, it was a complete non-dancer to start with, um, in, and, and not just a non-dancer, but, you know, dances at a club sometimes or in a bar or in the kitchen, someone who actually genuinely has never danced a step in her life, never never goes to a bar to dance or, or doesn't even dance at home when the radio's on. Um, so we were starting from the beginning and, um, yeah, like the first few days we're sort of learning how to stay in time with the music, learning how to, to clap in time. Um, um, but we made it through to week three, movie week of Strictly, and um, it, it was a very difficult dance for her, the, the Charleston. Um, we were doing 12 hours a day of, of training, starting out um, in one place, then having lunch and moving on to another studio, um, working right until the evening um, on a very energetic dance. So um, haven't really had time to record uh, a podcast during, during this week. Um, and I'd sort of got ahead of myself in terms of episodes uh, so, so in case that happened, because I know how busy Strictly can get, so um, I'd got ahead of myself, but it ended up catching up just for the sheer amount of hours that me and Annika were doing. Um, and I was real proud of her, of what we achieved, like the, the fact that she was now able to sort of stay in time with the music, and we delivered some some uh, lovely few routines, um, especially the waltz that she did in, in week two. Um, but sadly, on last weekend, uh, we got eliminated on, on our uh, Kill Bill Charleston. And I want to say thank you to anyone who uh, has sent... I've had so many messages, actually. Um, thanks for everyone who sent messages. Uh, I was sort of waiting for the initial uh, sort of social media backlash. Um, and if, if, uh, if you've listened to my episode on sort of social media trolls after watching the Jesse Nelson documentary, uh, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about with that. And I was waiting for sort of a barrage of, oh, you're not good enough and you did this and that was awful and this was awful. and um, But it just didn't happen. Uh, I got loads of lovely messages from everyone um, saying, you know, well done. It's a shame you couldn't have carried on a bit longer in the competition. Um, well done, Annika. Um, and in, in general, you always you always get the one, one or two knobheads who sort of think they're funny. But in general... Um, in, in general, everyone's been really lovely and, and, and really supportive. And, and so thanks for that. I'm very, very grateful for all the, all the lovely messages. Um, but I'm sure it's going to be an amazing series. Uh, judged on what we've seen so far, I mean, my God, what a start. Um, you know, tens already in the series. You've you got sort of, um, you know, a few of them, the likes of uh, Kelvin and, and Michelle and, and Kareem. Um, who have just started off like an absolute train or like all three of them just from week one, you know, clearly brilliant. Um, and I think you've, I think what's interesting about this series of Strictly for, um, uh, and I, I won't talk about Strictly for, for the whole show, but for those of you that are fans of the show, um, 
I think what's brilliant about this series is that you've got those sort of couple of front runners there who sort of started off being brilliant on, on week one. But then the whole cast underneath them, usually you look at it and say, well, this one will probably be gone in the first few weeks. This one will be gone next. Then this one will be gone next. And then you're starting to look at sort of like, then it gets interesting past Halloween. I actually think anything could happen with with this cast. I, th- I think I look at it and go, with, with any one celeb that's in this cast, I think any of them have the potential to be in the final this year. I don't think it's an obvious final. And I also think that any of them have the potential to slip into a dance-off, um, you know, on, on the next episode. I think whoever is in the dance-off on the next episode, it's going to be a, there's going to be a bit of a shock, a bit, a bit of a, wow, I didn't expect them to be in the dance-off that early. Um, so I'm really excited about the series coming up. Um, you know, I wish that me and Annika could have, could have stayed a bit longer um, because I feel she was just starting to grasp, um, you know, the process of how we learn the dances. And um, I think that there was some improvements to come, especially in the ballroom. I think the promise she showed in the waltz, um, I think Annika would have been very much a, um, a ballroom girl. Um, but unfortunately, it wasn't to be. And, um, and that's the way it is. Someone has to go on every week. And like I say, I think it's very open on this cast and I'm, and I'm really excited about it. Um, but it means that each week someone's going to go with, who potentially could have gone a lot further. Um, I think it's going to be shock after shock this year. So on that note, I thought that what I really wanted to do, I had a, I had a plan for the podcast I was going to release next, but um, I changed it because I thought it would be good to talk about. Um, so me and Annika got eliminated. Um, so w- w- when anything sort of doesn't go your way, um, when you don't quite achieve exactly what it is that you wanted to achieve um, or you know maybe you went for a job interview didn't get the job or maybe you um, tried to raise some money and, and, and didn't get the money maybe you went for an audition for something didn't um, didn't get the part or a review wasn't good if you're a performer like you didn't get the sale whatever it is that um, that goes with your job you know if, if you don't if it didn't quite pan out the way you were hoping it was going to um, you know, we could call it a, a slight setback. And I wanted to talk about how do we react to a setback in any walks of life. But obviously I'm a performer, so I'm going to relate a lot of it to what I do uh, um, as a performer. Um, for me, there are two types of people. Um, when, when it comes to dealing with a setback when something doesn't go your way, that there are two types of reaction. So there, are, in general, there are two types of, of people that react in different ways. There are those who look to blame, like to blame other people because they don't want it to be their fault that it didn't go their way. So they'll look to uh, say, oh, I, I didn't get that job or I didn't get what I wanted because, and then start blaming other factors, you know, other people. Um, and, you know, to, and anything to make sure that, you know, they're basically saying that I, I know I did a great job. Um, I, I know that I should have got that job or I should have achieved this thing. But if it wasn't for this, then I would have achieved it. Like, like it was basically some external factor or because of another person or, you know, something beyond their control. Um, and that's why it didn't happen. So that's one type of person. And there are others that basically take all responsibility onto themselves. So those people go, this didn't happen for me, you know, and immediately look for what they could have done better. 
it didn't happen because I didn't get this right or I, you know, I, I didn't take care of that. I didn't prepare enough or I, I didn't um, or maybe I could have like maybe now because of that, I can see that I need to improve in this area. And they sort of take responsibility for it and take ownership of it and, and look to learn from it. So one one that looks to blame has what I, what we call a fixed mindset and the other one has a growth mindset. So that's what this episode is about. It's about a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. So let's explore the traits of both. So someone that has a fixed mindset, um, their sort of belief system is... Um, They'll, they'll say things like failure is, is the limit of their abilities. So if they, f- if they fail at something, it means that, uh, that they, couldn't have gone, they couldn't have gone any further. Like they believe that, like, I didn't get that job, therefore I would never have been able to get that job because of X, Y, and Z. Um, that, that like there was just, you know, it's very black or white. It, it, it's very like um, you're either, it's either going to happen or... It, or it's not going to happen, and it's and it's sort of beyond my control. This is the best. This is the best that I am, and therefore this is the best that I'll ever be. Um, so if if I fail, then you know if if I don't get that job now, or if I don't achieve that, then I never will because um, because I know that I'm at my best. They, they fixed mindset. People believe that their abilities are sort of unchanging. So. For example, if I'm going to relate it to me and my my dancing, um, if I fail at something or like like don't achieve or say like you know getting eliminated last weekend, then if I have a fixed mindset, that means that I believe that I'm I'm, I'm never going to be any better than than I am right now. Um, it's it's you know I am what I am, and people are either going to vote for that or not. People are either going to score it good or not. Like no matter what I would have done at the weekend, this is my ability, and that is that is completely unchanging. So it's like, a, you know, it's that I I can do it or I can't do it attitude, very black or white. Uh, people with a fixed mindset, they they don't like to be challenged on anything. They 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 have their beliefs set in place, um, and that and that can be anything in your life. It can it can be like. Oh, I'll never be able to dance. I'm I'm just not a dancer. They say things like I've got two left feet, and and they they have the opinion that that's never going to change. Like I'm just you, you can't teach me to dance, um, or you know I, I would never be able to get that job. Like I know my own limitations, I, I, and this is me. I would never be able to get that job. And if someone challenges them on that, if someone says, "Well, what about if you just improved in this? What if you took a course in that? What if you learnt?" this language you could go abroad and do that job there or what if um what if you learned how to do this what if you practiced this you'd become better at it a fix, a person with a fixed mindset doesn't like that they go no 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 i know i know me um i know the industry um you know i i know the environment that i'm in and that will never happen for me like they don't like to be challenged on what their belief system is either about themselves or their world around them um, it, it, it's like their sort of potential is predetermined. There's nothing I can do to change it. Um, people with a fixed mindset, when they're, when they're frustrated, they give up. They, they, they become like, no, 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 I'm never going to be able to do that. I'm packing it in. Um, no, like I didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't get the job. I'm not going for that anymore. I'm not going to do any of that anymore. 
Um, no, I got rejected. I'm not going to try again. It's like they, they don't, people with a fixed mindset don't have that sort of never give up attitude. They have a, right, that's it. I'm packing it all in. This is not for me because they get frustrated and they feel it's never going to change. People with a fixed mindset feel that feedback and, or criticism is very personal. So they don't like being criticized. They don't like getting feedback from, from people um, if they don't like what that person has to say. So if that person's going, you know, you know what, the, the problem with your business is this. You, you, you know, you're not taking care of the customer enough, for example. Um, they don't like that. They, they don't like to hear that. They'll go, no, 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 you're wrong. I absolutely am taking care of the customer. We do this, this, and this. Um, and, and they don't want to hear it. And, and they feel like it's some sort of, sort of personal attack. Or for example, me as a, as a performer, if a coach of mine or a mentor of mine was to say, um, you know, you need to do less of this, or you need to do more of that, or you need to concentrate in this area. If I have a fixed mindset, then I'm sort of not going to listen. Um, I, I'm going to go, no, 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 you're wrong. Um, I know that I'm good at this. Um, you're just not seeing it. Or the people, you know, the audience are just not seeing it at the moment. They don't get me. That's the thing that people with a fixed mindset say all the time. They don't get me. They just don't understand. I'm producing great art. I'm, pro I'm producing absolutely brilliant work. The people just don't understand me. Um, and even if like loads of people are saying, no, 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 your, your work isn't good, you know, or it just isn't good enough yet. You need to work on this. You could be great, but you, you need to work on this. A fixed mindset will not listen. A fixed mindset will say, no, 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 I know me better than you know me. Therefore, you don't get to tell me. Um, so I'm going to carry on the way I am. It's sort of like I'm going to stick to what I know. And, I'm, and I don't want you to challenge me on it. I don't want you to give me feedback or criticize me because I don't want to hear it. Most of the time, because it, probably out of some sort of insecurity, it'll be like you, you don't want to hear that you're not doing good enough. No one wants to hear that. Um, but sometimes, you know, if you respect someone, someone who's good at the, the thing that you're trying to achieve, um, you might want to listen to them because they have experience in that area. Um, but some people just don't like that criticism. They, they want to stick to what they know. They don't want to be criticized because it hurts them personally. Um, someone with a fixed mindset says things like that. That's how it's always been done. Like when, when someone's trying to change your idea on something, um, you know, say, say that they want you, say you're an actor and they want you to try a slightly different approach to something because somehow the scene isn't working. Then they say, Let, let's try and discuss it like this. Someone with a fixed mindset will say, no, 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 this is how I've always done it. Or this is the way it's always been done. And that they're not sort of open to having a go at trying something new um, or discussing it in a different way or, or accepting the fact that their way at that present moment might not be the best way of doing it. So that's how it's always been done. So they sort of avoid challenges. They, they, um, they, they, they avoid anything that's going to take them out of their comfort zone um, or you know they avoid what am I trying to say they avoid vulnerability I guess they people with fixed mindsets they they don't want the vulnerability of putting their ego aside and accepting that maybe there's another way maybe there's something that I don't know maybe there's something that I could do better at um, it's this sort of they say things like I'm always right 
Someone that says I'm always right has a very fixed mindset that then then just not open to the fact that someone else could be right about something. They're not open to listening to to someone else's opinion. And also people with that fixed mindset, they they feel like they're asking for help on something. You know, if if they are struggling with, with something, if they're asking for help means that they can't do it in some way. It means that they their opinion of themselves is that it's admitting defeat or admitting sort of a weakness um, if they if they ask for help on something. Um, they believe that they they should know what to do, therefore they've got to figure it out for themselves and they don't want anyone else interfering. So, so they don't ask for help when they need it because they don't want to show weakness or vulnerability. So that's a fixed mindset. It's very like, this is me, you can't tell me how else to be because this is the way I've always been this is the way I've always done it I know what I'm doing um, and I'm not willing to open myself up to any other opinion or idea Um, so let's talk about a growth mindset which is the opposite so people with a growth mindset have a a completely different way of of looking at things and it's a much more open way and I feel is is the much better way to, to go about um, everything that you're trying to achieve or, you know, to go about life, really. Um, so my, um, one of my mentors, Rob Moore, um, he always says to me that, that failure is an opportunity to grow. So he said, whenever you fail at something or wherever you have a, whenever you have a setback, um, the first question that you have to ask yourself is, where is the opportunity in this? And what can I learn from this? Um, so anytime I've had a setback in the last few years, um, and I've been a bit sort of down in the dumps, down on myself, um, beating myself up. And I've spoken to Rob Moore. Um, and you can find out more about Rob Moore, by the way. Um, if, if you, uh, first of all, I'd advise listening to the first episode of this podcast, um, ep- episode one, where Rob interviews me. Now, Rob's been an, um, a mentor of mine um, for a few years. He's a businessman, an entrepreneur, um, and a, a property expert. And he and and sort of um, kind of uh, plays a bit of a life coach role as well, I guess, um, for me. Just in terms of mindset, the mindset of a an achiever or a you know an, an entrepreneur, which which is what I wanted to learn from him, which is why I got in touch with him. Um, and also, also, I'd advise you to check out his podcast, The Disruptive Entrepreneur. Um, you, you can learn a lot from that. He talks a lot about mindset on that podcast. Um, so he always says to me, where is the opportunity in this and what, what can I learn from this whenever I have a setback? Um, so it's sort of like you take responsibility with a growth mindset. You, you, you say, right, what, what can I do from here? And instead of looking immediately to blame other people, like, it's like, how can I adapt to this situation? What can I do better? Um, because a growth mindset, someone with a growth mindset believes that they can learn to do anything. Um, you, you can you can learn to do anything that you want, and the general sort of default mindset. Instead of instead of blaming other people, it, it's yeah, it's, it's it's how can I how can I learn? What what can I what can I do? What can I do with this information? How can I improve? It's always I guess that's the crux of it. It's a how can I improve mindset. People, uh, people with a growth mindset believe that that challenges sort of help them to grow. That they don't they don't see setbacks as as failures. They see them as challenges. 
this year is like it's, it's like a little sort of bump in the road and it's like right how do i how do i navigate this how can i grow from this how can i improve from this so rather than thinking that my ability is my ability and there's nothing i can do about it so if i get the job or not or if i achieve the thing or not that's down to external factors um a, someone with a growth mindset believes that their sort of eff- their, their efforts and attitude determine their abilities so that, that that they have a big role to play in their ability it's not some sort of predetermined thing their ability like i can do this and i can't do that it's an ever evolving thing like i i'm good at this this is how i could be better i'm not good at this but i can learn to be better I, like i i i can learn i can study this or i can try to Im- improve my skills on this and like like for me for me this is how, how how i prefer to think like i don't think of of talent necessarily is is like some sort of god-given entity like some sort of god-given right like i i think i think a lot comes down to your mindset and how you approach things and and, and how you go about things and, and how you look to learn and improve and grow um i personally would never say that I, i've been the most naturally gifted dancer um or nat- naturally sort of uh, naturally talented dancer like th- there are dancers out there that can that mechanically you know movement wise can do a lot more than me that, that you know that they they just have like they have a naturally sort of better body for it um that they they're looser they're um and and they just i don't know they they seem to have a a way of moving that um that that doesn't come as naturally uh, as natural to me but for me personally I, i would one thing if if i can give myself credit for something is um and if you've listened to episode one, you'll know i'm not very good at giving myself credit for things but if i can give myself credit for something i will say that i've, I've always been the hardest worker in whatever group i'm involved in i i i'll never accept that anyone works harder than me um in in anything i do i'm always looking to learn i'm always looking to grow and i think that's what's that's what's done me well in my career is that like whatever i take on i will work and work and work at it as hard as hard as i can until i achieve it until i get there um you know some people naturally some people are just better than me and 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 get there quicker but i feel like i'll always get there in the end because because I'll work for it and that's very much sort of a growth mindset someone with a growth mindset believes that when it comes to feedback or criticism that it's constructive and they welcome it so so rather than being like don't criticize me i know what i'm doing or or, or i don't like it you you'll take on feedback and criticism and 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 you'll see it as interesting and you and you'll think right how can i how can i use this how how can i apply this to to improve on on whatever it is that I'm doing. Obviously you've got to take into account who you're listening to. So if someone you know if Brian 1866472 on Twitter has a go at me and says oh your your routine was crap at the weekend um you you can't choreograph there's very little chance that I'm going to pay any attention to that because I don't know Brian one that I've forgotten the number I put after <laughs> I was just making it up 
you know, there's very little chance that, that this person on random on social media has any idea of what they're talking about. They just want to have a go at me. Um, whereas if, you know, someone that I really respect and admire comes up to me or has or someone that I can see has achieved results, actually, um, like if Jason Gilkerson, my, my dance mentor, or if um, if Rob Moore, my, my mentor comes up to me and, and says this is what you can do better then you know 100% of the time I'm going to listen to them because because they've achieved and, and they're great at what they do they're experts and I respect their opinion so I'll always look for that feedback or criticism no matter how difficult it is to take sometimes because sometimes you want to believe that you're the best you want to believe that you're doing the best job and, and that, that they think you're brilliant but, and it might hurt, but sometimes, you know, they are going to give that criticism and it's worth taking it on board because then, then you get to grow and improve. People with the growth mindset are inspired by the successes of others rather than getting angry about it, rather than seeing someone else do something well and going, oh yeah, but they, no, 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 no. And a lot of people have a tendency to do that out of insecurity. We talked about this on the, um, on the Trolls episode. When, when, when people see someone else doing well, they get insecure in themselves. Um, and so they, you know, they, they, um, they look to bring them down and, and, and try and find the negative points about that person. That's very much a fixed mindset because they, they want to believe that they're the best. So they don't like it if someone else looks like they could be the best. Um, whereas a growth mindset will get inspired by someone else doing well and go, look, look at how well they're doing. Maybe I could do that. If I could just get better at this, if I could learn to do what they're doing, then, then maybe I'd get to that level. So they get inspired and that's much more motivating than just criticizing someone. Um, because then if you're just looking for the reasons why uh, you know, that, that person just got lucky or they're not really as good as you, then you're just staying still and you're getting angry and you're not achieving anything. Whereas you could actually be motivated to get better and to achieve more if you're inspired by it. And people with a growth mindset, they like to try new things, new ideas, new ways. They're always looking to, always looking to learn um, that, that because their, their mindset or their attitude or their sort of uh, process might not be the best way of doing it. There's always another idea. There's always another way forward. There's always something else to learn. Um, so rather than being stuck in your ways, no, 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 I'm always right. This is the way it's always been done. You look for new ways, look for ways to improve. Also, people with a growth mindset will accept that things, that things change and, and therefore you need to be aware of the changes as, as you go forward um, and how that might affect you. And don't get stuck in that, oh, well, this is the way it's always been done. We're seeing now on Strictly Come Dancing, um, last year, Joe Sugg came on board as a celebrity. Um, uh, he was a YouTuber. And some people were going, oh, no, that's not fair. He's not, he's not um, a, a celebrity because he's not on the normal way of sort of TV or radio that we're used to. But the fact is, jo- Joe Sugg has, has created, he's seen YouTube come in. He's seen it as a new media format. And he's adapted and, and he's gone, I can create something for myself here. I, I, can, I can achieve out of this. I can earn money out of this. I can create content out of this that people are going to enjoy. I can use this platform. He's adapted to it. And, and 
And now, now more and more, sort of, even the older generation are now adapting to this because they're seeing actually it's just a, it's just a new f- format. Like the internet is 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 to TV what TV used to be to radio. And so rather than go no 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 I d- I'm not getting involved in any of that. That's not the way what I'm used to. You know, you've got to have a growth mindset and, and, and say, this is the way it is. This is the way it's moving forward. How can I use this rather than, rather than get angry about it? How, how can I utilize it? How, how can I get involved in creating content on the internet? So also people with a growth mindset will have the mindset of never give up. There's, there's always a way that I can always keep moving forward. I can always keep trying another way and, and, and keep going. I'm not just going to be beaten just because I had this setback. That doesn't define me. That doesn't mean that's the end. That's a failure. That's the end of my road. That's the end of my abilities. They believe that you you can always keep going. There's always another way. And so and so mistakes help you to grow. That's what the growth mindset believes. That mistakes or setbacks help you to grow because you learn from those mistakes. You you don't just sit back and go, oh well, no, 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 it wasn't my fault. It's because of X, Y, and Z. But you know, even though even though things can be difficult sometimes. You take the mindset of, I know that in some way this will help. If I look for where the opportunity is, if I look for how I can learn from this, then it's going to help me to grow in some way. That's what setbacks and mistakes are about. And I think that the universe sort of has, you know, I don't want to get too rah-rah on you, but I, I genuinely believe that um, the universe has sort of a funny way of, of manifesting what you need um in life in 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 the guise of like a challenge um or a person like to overcome something it'll throw up some chance something that's sort of lacking in you usually turns up by way of a challenge in your life and you can either have that fixed mindset of like oh no this has happened woe is me and that's it i've failed because of this and it's not my fault or you can try and overcome that challenge and I genuinely believe that if you keep avoiding that challenge, then it's going to keep reappearing in your life. And if you look at certain patterns in your life, you'll notice that, uh, that there'll be some things that are like recurring challenges that turn up because you haven't dealt with it, because you've sat still and haven't taken on the challenge. It'll turn up again. So a growth mindset will, will always believe that this was a challenge that has come to me rather than a failure. And, and it's something that I can really sort of, sort of learn from. So that's the the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. So to give you some examples, if I look at my own career um, and and how it's developed for me and how I I feel like I used to have a very fixed mindset. Now I very much have have a growth mindset and I have done for a few years. But when I was a lot younger and I was competing as a a Borum and Latin dancer, um, I got to admit, I was was a very stubborn person, a very stubborn minded person. 100% 100% fixed mindset, um, almost, to be honest, bordering on, on arrogance, I would say. Who knows why that is? Maybe it's because um, from quite a young age, I'd had success um, fr- from being pretty young, going into competitions. Um, I-, I did pretty well, and people talked about me being this sort of young kid who was destined for success. I was, I was a young kid who was, who was going to grow up and be a Latin American champion. And, and I was always going to do well. And I was winning competitions as a kid. So I, I kind of like when that happens when you're a kid, 
it takes a very mature mind to to take a step back from it and not get carried away with it because I think when I was a kid and I was doing well I started to think yeah look at me I'm the shit like I'm 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 wicked at this and I'm going to be brilliant when I'm older and I'm 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 better than the people around me and um I just really had such sort of an overconfidence when I was younger I I, I really believed that I was going to be something special when it when it when it came to my dance career but so so then I guess as I, as I got a little bit older I sort of had it in my mind like no I'm good at this um and I'm going to dance I'm going to dance like this and I used to watch sort of the top competitors like the world champions at the time and I would watch what they do and I would just try and outright sort of copy them because in my mind if I just copied them then that meant that I was just as good as them and I, and I was basically as good as the top dancers in the world um, and I was just waiting for other people to see it. Now what I didn't realise obviously was that they had years and years and years of training underneath the, the surface stuff that I was watching and trying to copy. So my coaches would say to me, no, 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 you, you, I know you want to do that but that you, you don't understand the context in which they're doing that so, because you don't have the training underneath it yet like you, d- you don't have that same level of technique that they have yet um, so we don't want you to do that but I, d- I never got it uh, I-, I said no 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 I am there I'm just th- they're doing it and they're considered to be the best therefore I want to do it so I would reject what my teachers were saying and I would come home and, and often say like they don't know what they're talking about these these teachers I'm you know I'm paying them money all the time for these lessons and they don't know what they're talking about that I, I would sort of come home and think these teachers are not as good as me um, I, I felt like I knew more than them when it came to dancing now of course I didn't they had years and years of experience on me but I was cocky and and I thought I was the best I had a fixed mindset there was nothing that they could teach me I was the best and I couldn't really learn from them so so I would say to them, you're wrong. Like I, was, I was real sort of lippy, I guess. I would say to some of my teachers, no, you're wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm going to dance it like this. And they would say, but if you dance it like that, you're getting it wrong. And like, you're not going to get any better. And it's, it's not going to help your partner when, when, if, you, if you dance it like that. She's going to find this move more difficult. And, you know, I was saying this to like top coaches. And I think after a while, uh, I, I, I genuinely think I stopped improving as a dancer. Obviously, because I wasn't taking on board any of the advice that I was being taught. And, and certainly I wasn't, even if I was taking it on board mentally, I wasn't practicing it. I, I wasn't going for lessons and then going to a practice session and, and practicing everything that they were saying. Because I already thought I was better than what they were saying. So I would go to, I would go to the practice sessions and I would just go and just dance flat out because... I thought, you know, I'm, I'm just going to dance at this practice session and people are going to be watching and I'm going to dance flat out and, and I know I'm good and therefore they're going to watch me and think I'm good and this is just me practicing being good rather than practicing what I've just paid a load of money for a lesson to be taught. Um, so actually after a while I think my dancing sort of stopped improving because of my fixed mindset. And then when results didn't go my way, when you get into the sort of big world championships um, and... I remember there was, we were going to the international championships, all the top couples in the world. And this was, at the time, this was at youth level, the under-21s. And um, me and my dance partner were, were very much sort of the favourites to win that year. And we came third. And I was really annoyed. 
And I, I remember being so angry about it because in my head I, I was like, there's no way, absolutely no way that we should have been third. That we, sh we definitely should have won that competition. Um, but I wouldn't listen to anyone. And they were saying, well, you know, you, you, you had a chance to win it, but, you know, I think you probably could have just done this better, this better. And, and I wouldn't listen. And so my attitude would be to blame everyone else. You know, oh, it's the, it's the judges' fault. The judges just don't get it. The judges are just boring. They, they don't understand, like, proper art. They don't understand proper dancing. They're just looking for robots, you know, all this blah, 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 blah. Or I'd blame the politics of the, of the dance world. Or I'd blame my partner. Or, you know, I hate this venue. I just can't, I don't feel right dancing in this venue. Or, or it's, it's rubbish music that they're playing. I can't get into dancing to this music. Or um, the teachers are telling me the wrong stuff. I'm trying to implement what they're saying, but it doesn't work because they don't know anything. Blah, blah, blah. Blame, 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 blame. It's everyone else's fault. So I had this sort of I'm always right attitude, but it wasn't quite happening for me the way I wanted it to. I was like, why doesn't everyone here think I'm, think I'm the best dancer? Because I know I am. But the problem was my fixed mindset. So then I started to think to myself, if, if I'm so right about all of this, like, why, why am I not getting everything I want? What's, what's going wrong here? Now, a few years later, I sort of discovered that um, actually winning these competitions wasn't my sort of highest value anyway. That, that, that was a big deal to me. Like I wasn't quite as interested in winning the competitions as I thought I was. I had more of a desire to sort of create great art and tell, tell stories with my dancing. And, and I wanted to entertain the audience all the time. And, and I got to a point where I figured that I just didn't want to be a competitor anymore. I didn't want to do dance competitions. So I, so I gave up. And uh, long story short, I ended up joining a dance company called Burn the Floor, which has been a huge sort of life-changing thing for me. Now, when I joined Burn the Floor, results-wise, looking at the sort of competition scene, um, I was one of the most accomplished dancers there in, in the company. Um, you know... And there were people there as lead dancers in the company that I used to be in competitions. But I wasn't the lead dancer in the company when I first joined. I, I was sort of very much in the back, um, scene setting with chairs and tables a lot. I wasn't, I wasn't the lead guy in any of the numbers in the show. So at that point, I've got two options. I can either start demanding and, and be a bit of a diva and say, I'm the best dancer here. Um, what, you know, put me at the front. Uh, and start kicking off about it and complaining, so complaining about the company, tearing down the other dancers, criticizing them, um, you know, and, and just having that fixed mindset of blaming everyone else and thinking that, thinking that I should be owed everything that I, I want. Or have a growth mindset and knuckle down and understand that actually, maybe these dancers in this context are better than you. Maybe they've got more experience of being on stage. Maybe they've got more experience of storytelling with it within a dance. Maybe they've been learning with this dance company for a few years and you don't have the skills that they have yet. Um, you know, understanding how to put on a, on a show. And so you've got an opportunity here to, to learn from the best because um, we had Jason Gilkison and Peter Roby, two of the best sort of Latin American dancers ever, in control of the dance company and so the growth mindset became I have an opportunity here 
to learn from the best without the pressure of being the lead dancer. I'm, I'm going to listen to everything they say. I'm going to take it on board. I'm going to practice it. And, and we had sort of dance classes before a show every day. I'm going to practice and, and try and implement what they're saying. I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to do, we did all these improvisation exercises where we were swapping partners and telling stories with our dance. And I'm going to try my absolute best and listen to everything that they say and see where it takes me. So that was the first point that I probably took on what we're calling a growth mindset. And I have to say that I probably learned more about dancing in the first six months of being a member of Burn the Floor than I did in my entire competition career. Now, that could also be down to Jason and Peter and the atmosphere of, you know, not being in a competition and, you know, and how great they are and how inspiration, inspirational they are to learn from. But also, it, it, my mindset had shifted. I'd, I'd allowed myself to, to improve because I'd taken my sort of ego out of the way rather than thinking I'm the best, you can't teach me anything because I'm, this, is, this is my ability, fixed mindset. It was like, right, let's, let's take a growth mindset and let's improve, let's learn, let's see, let's see how I can grow throughout this. And eventually sort of rose up through the ranks um, to become one of the lead dancers and got lead parts on, on Broadway. But then even when I was on Broadway, I, I thought that the, the learning and the growth mindset was important. Like keep practicing, keep getting better. Then when, when Strictly came along, uh, so around the same time, the, the American version of the show, Dancing with the Stars, got in touch and Strictly as well. well Strictly was the one that I, I, I really wanted to do because it's very much an institution, obviously, in, in the UK. Um, it's, a, it's a show that I've watched for years. Uh, my family have watched for years. Um, and I just think it's a very sort of special and, and magical show. So Strictly was the one that, that I wanted to do. But um, I've spoken before about how I was rejected from Strictly um, the first time. I had a conversation with them and... Um, over Skype and thought I was sort of saying all the right things uh, and thought, you know, ho hopefully I'll get this job. But I didn't get the job. And uh, then I, try I tried again. I, I thought, right, I'm not going to give up on this. I'm going to keep trying, keep trying. There, there's, there, there will be a way. And I later found out that the problem was I was slightly too left field for them. You know, I had, my image was wrong. Um, I wasn't really taking my image seriously. It was like, no, no, this is how I dress. I, I'm going to dress like a rock star and I've got this long hair and I wear all this sort of jewellery and feathers and <laughs> all this ridiculous uh, stuff that I used to wear thinking I was really cool. Um, but when I found that out, that actually, you know, for, for the show, that wasn't quite what they were looking for. Maybe you need to sort of take your image a bit more seriously if, if you want to be a performer. Then I could have taken... You know, at that point, again, you can take the fixed mindset. No, this is me. This is, um, you just don't get me. Uh, th this is how I'm going to dress. Or I can listen to them because they create the biggest t TV show in the country, basically. So they sort of know what they're talking about. Um, maybe try and take your image a bit more seriously and try a smarter. Just try it. If you don't like it and it doesn't work, then do something different. But maybe try something new. Be open to a new idea. So... I changed my image and then I got, I got rejected again for Strictly. And at that point, again, I can either go, oh, well, see, it's not me. I've changed my image and I still haven't got it. Da, 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 da. So there's no way I would have got it anyway. Blame, 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 blame. Or 
take a growth mindset. How can I, how, what's the route? How can I get there? And I thought, what I'll do is I'll try and take any jobs, any like assisting choreographers, anything like that, that gets me a foot in the door and I can just be around and I can learn the process. I can learn what, what works for Strictly. Um, and I got the job of being in the trailer for, for the new series of Strictly Come Dancing. And it was an episode where we, um, the pro dancers were dancing with invisible partners because they hadn't announced the celebrities yet. And they're being chucked up in the air and dragged along the floor and, you know, doing all this stuff. And that invisible dancer was me in a morph suit. And I took that job um, for not much money, but I thought I'll be around it. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll show my face. I'll show that I'm hardworking. I'll show that I'm willing to learn and, and take jobs that, you know, I don't have too much of an ego to take on a job like that. And eventually a new place opened up in the show. And I was around and someone told them that, I was hardworking and they thought, yeah, okay, and I got offered the job. So that's an example of, my, uh, of a growth mindset, sort of keeping me, keeping me going and, and, and having a, that sort of never give up attitude. Um, and then that probably helped me because I knew that I got the job sort of last minute. I knew that I wasn't first choice. So I thought, I've got to prove myself here. Rather, if, maybe if I'd have got the job straight away without even them auditioning me, they just thought, yep, yeah, he's the one. Maybe I would have, you know, my ego would have told me that, oh, maybe I'm, I'm really good and I don't need to change anything. Whereas knowing that, you know, I wasn't the first choice and I've sort of snuck in the back door, I knew that I had to keep trying and keep learning and keep improving just to prove that I was worthy of, of my place there. So I carried on studying uh, choreography. Um, I talked a lot about, uh, you know, I wanted to find out about methods of teaching and how to get the best out of people, not just dance-wise, but how to sort of mentally, how to, um, how to talk to people and, and, and how to access bits of the brain, like how, just how to get the best out of people. Now, when, uh, when, when I, on my first series, I was dancing with Susanna Reid and there was a moment when she sat me down after a few weeks and, and sort of said to me, right, um, I feel like we, we do some great training sessions and that, that's all really enjoyable. But when we get to the TV studios, you tend to be sort of just hanging out with, with all your friends and, and sort of until our actual performance. I, f I feel like you forget a little bit that I might be in a bit of a zone and this is, you know, outside of my comfort zone. And I might want to just go through the routine a few more times or, you know, could you, could you just be around? So what happens at that point? A fixed mindset goes, no, no, I'm, I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm, I'm going to hang out with my friends. A growth mindset will look to learn from that and say, yeah, see, I, I, I get it. That's another, that's another way of going about strictly. Like you, you forget, it's not, just, it's not just teaching them to dance. You know, you need to be around for the celebrities to make sure that they're not nervous, you know, because it's a very nerve wracking thing to do to make sure that, you know, if, if they're not sure of the routine, that they want to just take some time, go over a few things again, that you're available to them. So, so that changed the way I go about Strictly. And from then on, I've always made sure that I'm sort of available um, to my partners when, when, when we get to the TV studio so that they've got all, everything that they need and, and that they feel as comfortable as possible. Also on Strictly, you know, we get... Um, we get offered, so, so the way it works once we're training is we get offered help 
from Jason Gilkerson or one of his assistants uh, during the week. Um, so we all, we're all offered basically one hour at some point in the week if we want a third eye to come into the room and just look at what we're doing and just, just have a look at uh, our choreography or if there's anything, say one particular step that we're struggling with that they might have another idea of how to teach it to the celebrity. Now, some of the pros, and it's each to their own, everyone likes to work in different ways, but some of the pros are sort of slightly against that. They don't like a third eye coming into the room. They're very much, it's, it's my way. This is how I've always worked. I don't want anyone else interfering, um, which is fair enough. But for me, because, uh, because I have very much sort of a growth mindset all the time, is I'm always looking, how, how can I, I get better? Always asking the question, you know, th- this is as good as I can do at this moment. How can I make it better? And so if I'm offered the help of a Jason Gilkerson or one of his assistants, to, oh, that's, a, that's Google Home talking. Sorry about that for the interruption. Um, if I'm offered the help of Jason or one of his assistants to come in and be a third eye, that they might have just one ingredient that they can unlock one step that isn't quite working, then I'm going to take it. I'm always going to take their help and I'm always going to listen to their advice because because they're brilliant too and everyone has their own their own ideas about things and, and Jason is, is one of the best choreographers in the world so why wouldn't I want him to come in and have a look at my choreography and if and if he thinks it's not good enough then he'll then he'll say and, I, and I'll take that on board um, or if he, if he has a slightly different idea why don't you try doing this on that bit then it's always worth listening to people and 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 that's what we're saying when it comes down to a growth mindset is if you respect someone it's always worth listening to their opinion on something and don't take the sort of feedback or criticism as being something so personal, saying that you're not good enough. Just accept the help and look. it's about looking to improve rather than trying to prove how good you are. Another example is last year on Strictly, uh, when it came to movie week, um, the BBC came to me with the, an idea to do um, Minions as the movie when I was dancing with Stacey Dooley. And honestly, at one point, I, I was sort of against the idea of doing it. Um, and the way it works, and so many people ask me about this. I've had loads of questions uh, about answering this on the podcast, so, so we can deal with it now. The way it works with the music selection on Strictly is we get to throw suggestions at the producers, however many suggestions we like about music, and they throw suggestions at us. And they have an entire team there, which is really good. They deal with music, with concepts, with costumes. Um, they're like an ideas machine and they are, they're absolutely brilliant. Like how they come up with the number of ideas they come up with on a weekly basis is beyond me because I, like, I just couldn't do that job on my, on my own. They're a fantastic team. So they'll come to you with an idea and you come to them with an idea and it's sort of, it's, it's just a discussion, really. It's, it's not a dictatorship. It's not the bit the producers tell you what you have to do and you have to do it. If you absolutely don't want to do something, you don't have to do it. And you can, you can press them with your ideas as much as possible, but they might have their reasons for, for why they would prefer you didn't do that. Maybe it's too similar to something that, that someone's already, already doing. Um, and, you know, you talk and talk and then you come to a compromise. Either you go with one of your ideas or one of their ideas or you come to a compromise. Um, like, right, let's try this instead. Um, so it's a very sort of 50-50 two-way 
discussion. And um, last year, um, they came up with this idea. They said, what about doing Minions uh, and doing Happy, the song from Minions, as a jive with, with Stacey on, on week three? And my initial thought was that I think Minions are, were wicked, but we might have missed the boat. We might have been sort of two years too late. Um, for minions, they're sort of getting to that point where it was they had a real moment, but that moment might have passed. And also that song, Happy, had a real moment, but that moment might have passed a little bit. And maybe in five years' time it'll be awesome again. But right now it's in that oh, it feels slightly old sort of phase. Um, and also, you know, a lot of the other girls were doing things like Sandy from Greece or Baby from Dirty Dancing. They're all very sort of feminine and nice. And the idea of having Stacey as a a yellow minion seemed a bit silly. My idea um, was to do Tomb Raider that I pitched to them. And we were going to do a Beyond the Beyonce song or Destiny's Child, is it? Um, I'm a survivor, that one. Because I thought that fit Stacey's character quite well. Um, and they were saying, we think minions will be better. And I was saying, I don't know. I, th I just think it's a bit naff. Maybe Tomb Raider should be more badass. And... If I'd have had that sort of fixed, you can't help me mindset, um, they were open to the idea of doing Tomb Raider. They really were. They, they weren't saying no to me and I was pushing for Tomb Raider. And it sort of came down to my choice in the end of either doing Tomb Raider or Minions. And I really wanted to do Tomb Raider. But because I'm sort of aware of this fixed mindset or growth mindset idea that we're talking about, I started to think, am I being too fixed mindset here? Is it like my idea is the best and yours isn't? So I went about asking round. I started asking people, asking some of the other pros. I was asking um, other sort of choreographers and dancers that I respect, um, people that watch Strictly. I was asking, what do you think, Tomb Raider or Minions? And 100% of people I asked said, do Minions. And that was like, oh, God, like, I, I couldn't believe it. I thought that most people would think Tomb Raider was a, a much cooler idea. So, but everyone said Minions. So I, I thought I'm going to have to have a, more of a think about this because it seems to be, I seem to be the only one pushing Tomb Raider. Um, and then in the end, I thought, right, let's, let's just go with it. If that's what everyone who I respect seems to think is the idea, then let's go with it. Um, and because... Uh, I've got to have a growth mindset here. Uh, maybe, maybe they know something that I don't here. We went with Minions and it ended up being a massive turning point for me and Stacey and Strictly. Um, I think that was the number that really sort of put Stacey on the map in the competition. And um, we got such a great response. We got great scores. Um, and yeah, so if I'd, if I'd have stayed in that fixed mindset, I would have done Tomb Raider, and my guess is it wouldn't quite have had the same impact that Minions had. But it was the growth mindset that allowed me to listen to people. Listen to people that I respected, anyway, and go, maybe there's a better idea than what I can come up with here. And it's also worked out for me in, you know, in, in other places. Um, actually, another one on Strictly was, was when me and Frankie did Wicked. Um, we did a tango to Define Gravity on, on Halloween. Now, that was passed through, I think it was four different pros that idea um, went through before it came to me. So BBC was saying, um, you know, we think this would be a good idea. And they offered it to someone. They said no. They offered it to someone else. They said no. It went through four pros because they were, all of them were saying it won't work. 
there's no way that that can work. It doesn't fit. There's no dance that fits it. Um, then it came to me. I think I was the I was like the fourth or fifth pro that it came to in the end. And I thought, instead of asking, instead of just saying it won't work, why don't we start by asking, how could it work? Is there a possibility that this could work? Because it's a great song and a really strong theme for Halloween. So I thought, if if we can make it work, it could be a massive su success. So in the end, we, we thought, right, if we kick the drums up a bit, we'll make it into a tango. We'll make sure that she's painted green and she can fly up at the end. Um, this could be a great number. But I think that's like the, the point is not for me here to say, look at me, uh, aren't I good? The point is the question that was used, how could it work? Rather than saying this won't work, it's how could it work? Is there a way? That I, that I can do this. And that's the important bit. It's, I, I can think of lots more ex examples to do with my career, like in terms of, you know, like singing. I, I'd, I'd auditioned before. Um, I auditioned for Strictly Ballroom. Um, didn't, I came out of the audition thinking, mm, it went okay. Like I, I probably could have sung better. I'm not sure. Um, I, I didn't get the job. But then rather than thinking this is a failure um, and this is me, that's my ability, I'm, not gonna, I'm getting frustrated, I'm never going to audition for anything else again um, because it's their fault, because they don't like me or because I'm on Strictly or blah, 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 blah. I thought, okay, maybe the, maybe the guy that got the job was better than me. What do I need to work on? Let's go for some more singing lessons. Let's go for more acting lessons. And just did that. And by the time it came around to auditioning for Rock of Ages... I felt so prepared. I felt so, in such a better place to audition for it um, because I'd taken the setback on board. So like I say, I'm, I'm not looking to, to sort of go, look at me, look at me doing all this great stuff here. The point I'm making is I've had loads of setbacks not getting strictly, not getting the results that I wanted in competitions, um, not being the lead dancer straight away and burn the floor, not getting the job when I auditioned for for Strictly Ballroom. So I'm actually basically saying I've had loads of failures. My career is full of failures. It's not me saying, look at the successes. It's me saying, look at all the failures. Like look at all the times when it's gone wrong in, in my career, when I thought that I would get something and didn't get it, when I didn't get the result, when I didn't get the job, etc., etc. But the point is of what we're saying today is how do we deal with those rejections? How do we deal with those failures? Do we look at it like a failure and say, I'm not good enough, obviously, or, or look at it as a challenge, look at it as an opportunity to grow and say, how can I get better? How can I improve? How can I grow? And therefore, how can I get past that rejection? How, how can I get the approval? How can I uh, get that job? How can I get the, that scene right if, if, if you're an actor? The question is, how can I do it? How can I learn? How can I grow? Not, oh, look, it's black and white. It's good or bad. It didn't work. And blame other people for it. So if, if, if you make excuses for everything, for, for when things don't go your way, and always blame, blame other people, then the way I think is basically then you've got no control over your life. Because basically what you're saying is that other factors always determine your outcome. Because this is you. You've got this idea of you. You can do this. You can't do that. It's never going to change. It's a fixed mindset. 
It's never going to change. Therefore, all of your results depend on external things. Other people, you know, what, what other people, how other people are behaving or what other people are doing or just all external things are going to determine whether you in your fixed state get what you want or not. So therefore, you're sort of admitting that you've got no control. You've got no control over your life. Now, the way to do it, there's a really magical thing happens when you take the opposite mindset and you say you accept responsibility for everything. Now, of course, there are ex exceptions. Of course, there are things that are beyond our control. Um, but for the most part, if you accept responsibility for your life and for your results, like good or bad. So if, so if, you, if you say that, you know, if I didn't get this, this didn't go well, and I'm going to take responsibility for that, or this went really well, and I'm going to take responsibility for that, then you're allowing yourself to, to take control of yourself and your life, and you're allowing yourself to figure out how to achieve what you want. Because the fastest way to, to get to what you want is to, is to learn from your mistakes and improve. So just if you go and make a mistake, or if you go and fail, or if you go and get rejected, and then take responsibility for it and say, right, assess it, how can I use this? Where's the opportunity? How can I learn from this? How can I get better from this? Then you immediately grow. And what you do is you sort of take your life into your own hands and you, you, you admit that you are in control and you give yourself permission to be in control. Because you can't just, whenever something goes well for you, you can't say, oh, that was because of me. And then when it goes bad for you, oh, it's because of someone else. Like it, you have to take both. So if you accept that when you do well, it's because you've done a good job, then you have to accept that when you don't do as well, then that's also on you. And when you take that responsibility, then you give yourself permission to learn, to grow, to improve, to get better, and therefore to take control of your own life, to take control of your own results. And you understand how to do better next time. So back to... Me and Annika getting eliminated at the weekend. Now, I could take a fixed mindset on that. I could sit here and blame other people or external things. You know, I could, I could, in my opinion, be an idiot and point to my past achievements and go, I've been in five finals already on Strictly. I've won the Glitter Ball. I've won the Tour Glitter Ball, blah, 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 blah. It wasn't my fault. It must be someone else's fault or the music or the outfit or the, um, you know, whatever. Or, you know, blame, oh, the, the, the choreography because, you know, we get outside help on, a, on, on the Charleston. So, you know, it's not all down to me. Like, I could do that, um, but I wouldn't learn from that. That, that wouldn't serve anyone or, any, or anything. And that would basically, in my opinion, be arrogance. So what you have to do is take responsibility, take a growth mindset. What can I learn from it? How can, I, how can I get better? So my immediate aftermath of getting eliminated, I'm asking questions like, could I have fought for a different movie? Um, you know, maybe, maybe it was the wrong concept. Uh, Kill Bill was the, was the sort of the first one that me and the producers have strictly thought of um, because at the beginning, Annika was saying that, you know, she wasn't sure about wearing a dress um 
you know, she, she was much happier in trousers or in jumpsuits. Um, you know, she was nervous of wearing dresses. And because um, you always have to be a couple of weeks ahead in planning, you don't plan week by week. You're always about two or three weeks ahead um, in terms of what songs you're going to be using if you're still in the competition. So right from week one, we had to start planning movie week if we were going to be there. And because we were talking about, you know, the sort of costume element, we, we thought Kill Bill would be an obvious one we, because the poster is so iconic. Annika could very easily look like Uma Thurman in Kill Bill and she could be wearing an all yellow jumpsuit. And uh, so we thought that that was an obvious thing. Maybe I could have thought more about it. Maybe I could have had more conversations with Annika about convincing her to be in more dressy things. And as it turned out, once we'd done week two and she'd worn a pink dress for the waltz, she loved it. She loved wearing a dress and that's all she wanted to do from there on was wear, was wear pink dresses. But unfortunately, it had already been signed off that we were doing Kill Bill by that point. Um, it was too late to change it. Um, so she wasn't, wasn't going to be wearing a dress, unfortunately. Maybe I could have looked for a different Kill Bill song um, that could have put us into a different dance. Um, the, that one that we danced to, that one um, was sort of the first one that we saw on the soundtrack and thought that would make a great Charleston. And then we thought, yeah, it'd be fun because we could use the swords, like we could use sort of kendo sticks instead of swords and do a bit of choreography with those sticks. And the, the idea seemed right. The idea seemed to fit. Maybe I could have spent a bit longer thinking about the idea rather than just going for that first idea. Um, so maybe next time, even if there's an, an obvious idea to me, maybe I'll spend more time thinking about just other options. Once we got the idea, maybe, um, maybe the music was slightly too fast. When, when I'm watching it back, maybe I could have slowed the music down a little bit. Maybe looking at my particular performance, um, maybe I could have danced with slightly less energy. I think what I was trying to do was, um, because it was a very difficult dance for her, Charleston's one of those dances where um, you sort of either get it or you don't. Um, it, it's not, there's not a great deal of technique like a lot of the ballroom and Latin dances. It's very, like some people just take to Charleston easily and, and some people don't. Now, because it was a, a very difficult dance for Annika, um, then we, we decided that we had to go for a lot of fun and energy. And maybe myself, maybe I was trying to compensate by being really energetic in the dance to make it look, make the overall picture as energetic as possible. Um, looking back, perhaps on some of the side by side bits, I could have toned it down a little and that might have given Annika more of a chance. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just sort of thinking out loud and I'm, I'm thinking of reasons, thinking of things that I could have perhaps done better. Um, maybe I need to look into better ways of teaching swivel when it comes to Charleston. Yeah, so, so um, you know, I've, I've got to take responsibility and look at, at different, uh, uh, different ways I could have gone about it. That's always the way to do it, rather than just say, sit here and blame anyone else or some other department. Or I, I just don't think that's the right way, because then, basically, if I was to do that, I'd be saying, then there's, you know, we were the best and, and we should have gone through and you're all idiots for voting us off, which doesn't, it doesn't get you anywhere. Um, if I ask the question, where's the opportunity? Um, for me personally, I guess I haven't had a rest for about two years. 
I've been working solidly back to back. I've hardly had a day off in two years for all the musicals and shows, you know, Burn the Floor, um, Strictly, um, all the stuff that I've been doing. In two years, I've hardly had a day off. And, you know, I guess I can feel in my body a little bit and just sort of emotionally, mentally, uh, maybe I was edging towards at the end of this year, a bit of burnout. Um, so maybe... You know, although I'm sad that me and Annika got eliminated, maybe the opportunity is in that I can get to rest a little bit, which I haven't done in a long time, and I can sort of re-energize. It gives me time to work on um, different projects that I have. Like I'm, I'm writing different projects at the moment. Um, I'm looking to write a screenplay, um, other TV projects, maybe a book. Obviously, working on this podcast. Um, I have a, a property business, property investment. I can do more singing and acting and, and other dancing. Um, so, you know, the point is not to go, we got eliminated, I hate everyone, woe is me. The point is to go, what could I have done better and where, what can I learn from it and where can I improve now and what's the opportunity now? Because we always have to keep learning, growing and improving. Always a growth mindset over a fixed mindset. There's a saying that says, when you're green, you're growing, and when you're ripe, you're rotten. So if we stop growing, we start dying. So we don't want to do any of that. You've got to take the growth mindset, never give up, keep learning, keep improving. All right, thanks, everyone, and um, I'll speak to you all again soon. Mm-hmm.